There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi channel. I am Sean fangirl And I'm Steve, and today we'll be discussing episode one of season two of Resident Alien. Yes, Resident Alien, folks, not Resident (laughs) Evil, like I kept trying to say earlier. (laughs) I do think there's going to be a series coming out of that, which if it's like the video games, I'll probably be all in. But let's talk about this and this Resident and the alien they're (laughs) in. But before we jump in, I believe you found some news for us. Yes, I did. On January 24th from TV Line, Sci-Fi has ordered the launch of The Ark, a series about planetary colonization gone wrong from Dean Devlin and Stargate SG-1's Jonathan Glasner. Ordered straight to series for 12 episodes with Glasner and Devlin serving as co-showrunners, The Ark is set 100 years in the future when a planetary colonization missions have begun as necessity to help secure the survival of the human race. The first of these missions on a spacecraft known as Arc-1 encounters a catastrophic event causing massive destruction and loss of life. Oh, so it's like a documentary. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) With more than a year left to go before reaching their target planet, a lack of life-sustaining supplies and loss of leadership, ARC-1's remaining crew must become the best versions of themselves to stay on course and survive, the synopsis tells us. I'm so excited to have the opportunity to partner with Sci-Fi again. Devlin, who in 2005 penned the triangle for Sci-Fi Channel, said in a statement, and I can't think of a better collaborator than Jonathan Glasner to bring this series to life. Casting will commence shortly with an eye on a March production start in Belgrade, Serbia, and a premiere date, TBD. The Ark is a perfect fit for sci-fi audiences, Lisa Cat, NBCU's scripted content chief, said in a statement, and we know fans will gravitate to this heart-racing story from Dean Devlin, one of the most accomplished and respected sci-fi writers working today. With the recent success of both Resident Alien and Chucky, Katz added, the network is home to several of the most creative storytellers working in all television. That sounds interesting. It has kind of a mixed feel just by the the description. Right, yes. Because we've seen stuff like, well, like Stargate SG-1. Yes. And why am I having a brain fart? It was like the prequel for Alien when they were kind of doing that. Right. There's been a couple things. Devlin did The Librarians. Oh my gosh, that's just so fun. Oh my gosh. Okay, now I realize, like, it's dawned on me who it is. I totally interviewed him and... And met him. He is actually really funny. Yep. <laughs> like in person, he cracks me up. He's Great. A nice guy. <laughs> but it just, and- it sounds like it has this just awesome mixed, totally sci-fi feel. 
what kind of documentary like? Like, this is what's going to probably have to happen soon, the way it's going. Right. And we're going to see a lot of character development in this series because of the disaster. And they are going to have to band together to to get to the planet that they're trying to get to. So Mm -hmm. it should be, you know, yeah, it it definitely kind of feels a little bit maybe Stargate Universe, possibly, Mm -hmm. type of show. So I'm okay. I really like that. Yeah. Or a little Earth 2 mixed in for those people yes. who are going way back. Yep. It's not even that far back. It just feels like way back when you talk about <laughs> some of these shows. It's like, well, that was pre-2000. Yeah. So it feels <laughs> like that was that was another lifetime ago. But anyway, let's talk about some now now. All right. Well, we have some rating. First episode of season two brought in a 0.23 in adults 18 to 49 with 1.36 million viewers making it the 11th rated cable show for the day, which was higher than the season one premiere. Unfortunately, Sci-Fi's new show, Astrid and Lily Save the World, only brought in a 0.05 with 0.189 million viewers for 122nd. I thought that was a cute show. Yeah, I did too. I'll tell you, I I got my uh, mother-in-law into this one, and she's like super excited every time it's coming on now. I think it's funny. (laughs) But Astrid and Lily, I thought was cute. Maybe it's the time that it's on because it replayed. And that's actually when I caught it because I was thinking it was on a different day. I didn't realize they were back to back. Yeah, back to Uh, back. And maybe the five plus five or plus seven, however they do it, is a little higher for Astrid and Lily. I'd say everybody who's watching this, give that one a shot. Yes, absolutely. It was was cute. It had some funny stuff in it. It's like you get some high school angst as always. Because it seems like that's where everything is. It's not, you know, like super sexual, angsty, like Riverdale. But it's fun. No. <laughs> yeah. You got a Scooby-Doo, Buffy, Supernatural vibe. So right. go give that one a shot. But right now we're talking about aliens and this whole crazy vibe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what a way to come back. I'm glad we came back this way. It's It's funny. Yes, it's hilarious. <laughs> so, episode one was called Old Friends. Harry, the alien, what? He's an alien? Is back on Earth, but doesn't seem to remember who he is, and only Asta can help him keep him safe. Yeah, that was kind of funny. It's like, the way everything started, it's like, what? Did we miss something? Was there supposed to be, like, a pre-show I needed to watch? <laughs> I still love the fold-out like airplane trifold thing that they always oh absolutely yes <laughs> i don't know whose idea that was but uh, kudos yeah Huge don't claps all hit around. the catcher with the bat <laughs> <laughs> you know what there's been times you know i i get that you want to turn around and just be like whack but anyway yeah. <laughs> let's talk about returning to earth we get harry's monologue about human memories which was really interesting and we suddenly see harry driving his jeep and Max is in the back seat. Like, what? That's why I'm like, what did I miss? Did I come in late? What? Right. Harry doesn't have a Jeep. He's got that old red truck. That- That's right. I kind of forgot that. I'm thinking. Yeah, that was a- still locked up in the warehouse. <laughs> okay, now I'm really confused. But Max is in the back seat, questions Harry about why he's not taking him home. And I- I'm loving they're back to their old back and forth, right? Yes. <laughs> Max fights with Harry, and then next thing we know, he's fighting to grab the steering wheel. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Because, of course, they end up crashing, and as they tumble, we end up seeing that, oh, that's not a Jeep, but Harry's spaceship, 
which I was like, did, wait, did it like transform? What? Yeah. <laughs> I still didn't get the whole thing for a little bit. And then it's like all the puzzle pieces fell into place finally. Right. Yeah. That's why it was so funny that Harry's monologue was mentioning human memories. Yeah. <laughs> and just the way he talks to Max, like, well, go ahead and jump out. We're moving. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. Kind of reminds me of uh, stupid stuff I've said to my significant other myself. Or he has said to me, because I dropped my phone, which had our tickets on it for something we were going to, and it slid underneath. I'm like, what the hell? I can't reach it from underneath, or to get under the, the seat in the car, and he's like, just open the door. I'm like, we are driving. He's like, don't worry, I won't make a right turn. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and I could totally see this happening, like, because it was yeah. like a day or two after. I'm like, seriously? Oh my gosh. I can see this with Harry and Max. Like, oh, don't worry. I won't do it. Ha ha. Ha ha. Anyway, we get to see Harry in the hospital, and the doctor informs Harry that he suffered a head trauma, and they found him walking down the road naked. Why was he naked? Because <laughs> he oh. wasn't dressed in human clothes. That's he true, was back true. to his alien self. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I love when the doctor asks, do you know who you are? Of course I know who I am. I am an alien, and I'm here to kill everyone. Oh, okay, yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. Thank we don't God he's in a hospital right now. <laughs> right? We don't need to put you in that padded room or anything. Don't worry. But we get to go back to the diner and see that Asa telling Dan that they have Mac. They must, because I've looked all over the warehouse. They must have taken him. I don't know what to do. What do I do? How do I tell his parents? And Dan's like, well... Are you sure that he's gone? Yeah. Yeah. I looked for two hours. He's not yes. there. <laughs> and Dan's like, well, you know what? You should just tell him their son is gone and there was an alien involved. And I'll be with you every step of the way. Except not right now because I got pancakes to make and some eggs. So, you know, good luck. <laughs> I was like, what? I can't believe he's like, I'll be with you. Except I won't. Yes. <laughs> that was kind of rough. Thanks, Dad. That's right? <laughs> really the support I needed right now. Yeah, because she was like, oh, thank God. And she gives him a hug. And it's like, oh, sweet moment. And he's like, yeah, but no, not really. Yeah. Psych. <laughs> that was so mean. So Asta goes over to the Hawthorns and, it, oh, God, those two. But anyway, <laughs> they're making breakfast and she sees Max. It's like, oh, you're here. I wanted her to be like, are you really Max or are you Harry? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> And Asa's like, well, I just wanted to check on you because of your experience last night. <laughs> and I love it. It's like, yeah, that doesn't sound weird at all for what you're saying it. But okay. Obviously, Ben doesn't know because he's on like a super high from what happened. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we boarded an attempted kidnapping and then tells the police what happened and everything. And there's some blood on the door. And it's like, what the heck? It was crazy with the way everything's going, and he doesn't know anything beyond his nose at this point. No. <laughs> and then Kate and Ben get distracted with each other, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess the marriage is okay now. Uh, yeah, or they are finding something to deal with their PTSD. Those two are something else. We'll see yes, they are. We'll see how it plays out, because... <laughs> The way it played out by the end of this episode, it's like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> well, okay. Good thing this is on late at night. <laughs> Hopefully the kids have all gone to bed. But anyway, Asa's like, yeah, I'm going to go. Okay. 
what the? And Max is like, I'll meet you. I'll take you to the door. And then, meet me at the ballpark in 20 minutes. It's like, what? I love how he kind of pushes her out. It's like, they don't know what the hell is going on. You could have probably sat in the living room and talked about it. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, being able to see it, I guess, makes more sense. But then we go to Harry's place. And I'm like, there's no way Harry's out yet. No. <laughs> so what the hell's going on here? But we have Mike and Liv there. And Mike uses a french fry to fish with. What, what are you doing? <laughs> and they believe Harry's the town killer. And the lake doorknob matches Harry's cabin. And he must have replaced this. It's like, oh, God. Well, Liv, maybe you don't go down this road, is all I'm thinking. Right. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Mike and Liv reenact alien Harry murdering human Harry. And it's almost move for move, which I thought was kind of funny, especially when Mike's like, you know, what if I had another set of arms? <laughs> and at one point he says, what, what if I had six arms? That'd make it even easier. It's like, what? Yeah. And, of course, the way he goes, it's like, oh, yeah. oh, good God, stop. Please stop. <laughs> These two are You'd still me. have two hands free. Yeah. <laughs> I love how Liv's just looking at him like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Made my on. day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she's back, though. I was, like, very sad. I was worried what was going to happen last season. So it makes me happy that she's back. We get to the ballpark, and Mac meets up with Asta, and we found out that Harry did, in fact, crash his spaceship. And he can't see it, though, because it's invisible, but Max is like, hey, watch this, it's so cool. <laughs> and he runs up, it's like, oh, this is probably not good. No. But he tells us that he woke up outside the ship, and it proves that, well, yeah, he helped me, somebody helped me, so Harry's obviously here somewhere if his ship's here, and I can run up on this invisible ship, and nobody knows that it's here. Maybe, maybe stop, because somebody's going to see you just randomly running up on nothingness. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, come on, Mac. And that's when Asa ends up noticing Harry's blood on a rock that's close. And she's like, stay here. Make sure nobody goes near the ship. Okay, but how? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And when we go back to the hospital, we get Harry teaching a revolutionary astronomy lesson and to the hospital staff. Let's call him Professor Harry for a moment. <laughs> Did you know that the Milky Way resembles a boob when the sun is in the right position? It's at its nipple. It's like, what? <laughs> and then Harry's like, cousin, I will save you. Because he sees a little girl with an octopus and runs and grabs this like stuffed octopus. And he starts to like rip it apart as the kid's crying. And then Harry gets sedated. Well, yeah. not really surprised at that point. No. Like, you're looking cuckoo for Cocoa Puff. You're going to be in a straitjacket if you don't stop. Yes, here very soon. <laughs> what would they do to you, cousin? They stuffed you. <laughs> and then we get Harry dreaming about his Law and Order marathon and Jerry Orba. Of course, you know, everybody does this, right? I mean, oh my gosh. And suddenly... He gets reunited with Asta, except he thinks he's Lenny Briscoe from Law and Order. <laughs> and that is hilarious when he just keeps talking to Asta like she's his informant. It's like, right. oh, good God. <laughs> Did you not watch any other episodes? Right. But it was just, it was so funny. And where, I don't think we're there yet, but it's like, no. where did he end up getting the, like, a the suit? Yes. Suit? <laughs> yes, it was a big suit. But. Asa ends up checking checking medical records 
when she's at the clinic so she can try to track him down before she reunited with him. And Nurse Ellen arrives to tell her that Darcy and Jay were responsible for destroying Jimmy's truck last night. So something happened. Maybe you should get more gossip for us. It's like, maybe you help people in the clinic. I don't know. Just thought. But she also (laughs) happens to mention that the doctor hasn't arrived. And as we all know, the doctor was snagged by the wrong people. Because yeah, thank you. General. <laughs> it's like, oh, Lord, this is just getting crazier and crazier as we go. We do find out that Harry is at the hospital where Asta gets a call. It's like, okay, this is great. And he's running around telling everybody an alien. he's an alien. Well, of course he was. But now he thinks he is, of course, Lenny Briscoe. Right. So he went from alien to detective. I don't know if this right. is a better jump for him or not. Right. <laughs> I'm like seriously sitting there watching going, I don't know which one people are going to be more okay with. Right. I mean, they know he has a head injury. So maybe them him thinking he's an alien, they can get past. But the detective thing might be a little rough. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but I love because we get the voiceover happen with Harry and talking about how delicate the human brain is. It's like, okay, but you keep talking about the human brain. Right. <laughs> What's going on, Harry? Case in point is when he wakes up, and like I stated earlier, he believes he is Lenny Briscoe from Law and & Order. And that's how he learned to speak human English. What if he had stumbled upon a Spanish channel? Yeah. <laughs> he was talking like he was in a telenovela. Oh my gosh, that would have been hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Great. Now that's something that's going to be in my head. Great job, Sean. Can we talk a minute about Ben cruising down the sidewalk? <laughs> and oh my god. Apparently, he suddenly had the swagger of a man who looked down the barrel of death and stared the devil in the face. It's like, okay, you need to bring it back like 20 notches because that's oh, so yeah. over the top. Yes. Or to just put it in spinal tap. He turned it up to 11. Yeah. And he's got the aviators on, and what in the... He's wearing cowboy boots. What is happening here? Yes. From trying to high-five people. Like, mannered Ben to... <laughs> oh, my God. I love how some people are like, yeah, hey, what's up? And the other people are like, don't look at me. Don't touch yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> and we get to go to the station where we see the sheriff has two cups of coffee. And Liv thinks one of them's for her, but Mike says it's not. And we don't exactly find out what's up. Not exactly. No, we don't. And I don't know if that's going to be talked about more. I mean, we get a little bit later, but all the way at the end, even, it's like, what is going on? Right. So I don't remember everything from season one regarding Mike, because we know he lost somebody. Right. So I'm kind of confused to if they had died or what's up and... I'm hoping we get more. Right. I think we will. When Ben arrives at the police station, everybody claps and he's like, no, no, don't do that. And they stop. And he's like, oh, okay. (laughs) It's like, I didn't mean to stop that fast. Dang. Okay. (laughs) But hey, why is my welcome to patient sign in pieces in the office? And Mike decides to explain, oh, there was an accident that caused a sign to break. But that's a you problem, not a me problem. Right. Wow. (laughs) Whoa, one minute here. Yeah, I thought they were starting to get along, but apparently no. No. And Ben, good God, in the douchiest move, decides to do that, like, I'm going to put my foot up on your desk. And first of all, okay, the desk isn't low, so that's got to be, like, uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> so why are you trying to be like, look, I'm a badass. Like, stop. Please stop. <laughs> but Ben apparently decides to not keep that resolve up because Mike was going to doodle dick on his cowboy boots. And it's like, what? <laughs> uh, I-, I wasn't putting my foot down because of that. It's my sciatica. <laughs> Although There's the like band that, we know. <laughs> right. But seriously, standing like that, it may well be because that doesn't look comfortable. No. Can we take a minute to talk about the crash site and Max trying to ward off some teenage skaters? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't look very teenage, by the way. But no. what were they doing? They're just like, I'm going to just walk straight over here. Were they cutting through? I think they were just cutting through. Okay. Because I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Why course? are they walking in the ball field? But yeah, they had to be cutting through. Okay. Because I'm like, not like they're going to skate on the grass. So I thought that was weird. But Max. Oh, poor Max. He just can't get anybody to listen. But of course, no. the car is there. And she manages to run them off with some made-up science. Yes. Iaria. Oh, my God. That was great. I Again, whoever is writing this and came up with that, that's yes. funny. It's amazing. I love it. And we don't get to stay there, though, because then it goes back and we see Kate, who's cleaning up the blood and stuff, which I thought was weird because I was worried about what she was going to do right i'm like what what are you doing what what are you what's going on there kate i'm just like there's a lot of what 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 happening that's when she ends up discovering though that max isn't in the house and she kind of freaked out i guess yep just a little sahar at the same time kind of started freaking out i'd say not a big freak out but more like i have to ask you a million questions at once yes so here we go so it's like all right Here's the question. Are you dizzy? Are you aging rapidly? Are you smarter? Well, obviously none of the above. Okay. (laughs) But of course he gets in trouble for leaving the house, which I was wondering what was up with that because Ben arrives and he's like, you can't just leave. Come on. And we got to go right now. But this is bad because there's going to be a baseball game. So hard just leaves though. I was kind of surprised she wasn't like, I'll just stick around for a little bit. Right. Yeah. But at the baseball game, we get to see... Darcy's the catcher, and she's got her eye on some random dude. I don't think we've met him yet. Nope. And I'm like, has he been around at least, or is it some new guy that's going to be trouble? Right. Like the doctor, Ethan. Right? <laughs> we do see Judy, which it's like, okay, great, the girls are back. And she has some green tips in her hair, the same way that Darcy does. It's like, um, <laughs> what? going on bobsy twins like your friends again i'm not dying my hair to look like my friends what are you no (laughs) like uh uh-oh is this gonna get weird but i don't know if it was just like trying to have fun and be different but i think we'll find out hopefully it's not gonna get weird yeah i don't think so at town hall we have Liv taking the hawthorne statement (laughs) finally and trying to do a picture of the intruders right Right, yes. And, good God, those two. Yes. <laughs> they keep getting distracted about what happened and how into each other they are after the attack. It's like, maybe you need to see a therapist, too, because you're getting yes. weird. <laughs> but in Ben's office, we see Max and Sarah taking the opportunity to call Asta to let her know that they're not on duty anymore and somebody's bound to find that chip because there's a game. Yeah, and that would be... <laughs> Not a good thing to have a fly ball heading towards the fence and oh my god, have a guy running full speed and slam into the... Oh my god, that would be hilarious, though. Yes. 
But at the moment, Austin's got bigger problems because that's when we find Harry in full-on detective Briscoe mode in a big suit. I don't know where he, I still don't know where he got it. So weird. Oh, he had to swipe it from some room. Great. Now you got somebody who's walking around with no clothes. Yes. <laughs> that's not a good thing. And Harry is just convinced that Asta is the prostitute informant named Cosette that we had heard him listening to repeatedly. Yep. So the only way Asta is able to get him to go with her is to tell him that she knows where a murder is taking place. It's like, oh, okay. He's all ears. Let's go. And they go to a Japanese restaurant, the one that we seen in season one, right before Harry got high. Yeah. <laughs> and Harry is not very good with chopsticks. Nope. And Harry's questioning about this guy who died, Harry Vanderspiel. It's like, and uh, it get, gets way off into. <laughs> it was pretty funny because. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> obviously, Asa's like, okay, all of this is going to jog his memory, of course, right? Right. Hoping but, at least. And no. No, no. It's like not working. Yeah. He says, do I need to call <laughs> so and so for child? Oh, my gosh. Issues? <laughs> it was like just going so deep. And then. Then the octopus in the tank, which was voiced and last year and this year by Nathan Fillion. He calls out to Harry and telepathically helps jog his memory. I love it. He's <laughs> like, what is all this? Was coffee and prostitutes or something? Yes. Like, <laughs> and that's when Asta learns that the octopus can talk to her, too, because it did. Yeah. I was like, Hold what? On. And she learns that they're related to Harry's people. And what the heck? What did he just call me? Yes. I love that. Yeah, they so, just they can talk to anybody, but they just choose not to. Right? It's like, maybe if they talk to people, they'd be like, whoa, whoa, okay, no, 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 we don't want to eat you. <laughs> yeah, I think we're done. We're good. Yeah, bye. But we're, our re-harried Harry and Asa arrive at the ball field just as Darcy takes the plate. This is probably not good because they're fixating on her. Yes. And Harry in the outfield, things are probably not going to go good. How does no. nobody notice? I mean, I played softball. It was just a rec league. But how do you not notice somebody random just going out into the field? Right. <laughs> Is it that dark over in that corner? It shouldn't be. <laughs> but Darcy hits the ball. Of course, it goes towards the ship. And Harry catches the ball after he trips the guy who Darcy was kind of flirting with. Right. But to keep him from running into the ship. <laughs> yeah. Like, At least the ship wasn't going to be discovered. And Darcy's like, get off the field. So she hits it again, and it's like, oh, son of a gun, it's going to hit the ship. And Asta kills the lights. Yay, Asta. <laughs> I love Darcy's like, ball still in play. You can't find it. That's your problem. <laughs> like, I don't think that's how it works, but sure. No. <laughs> Once everyone's cleared out, Harry tries to start his ship again, which is funny because we get a mini montage of him yes. trying it like a million times. Because he's convinced he can fix it without anyone seeing. Yeah, it's not. Him take off. Yeah. I was just going, you are crazy. Everybody will see it take off. Right. <laughs> you get the dramatic, goodbye, Asta. It's like, it's not going to work. <laughs> so, of course, Harry's trying. Like I said, that little mini montage just did not go the way he wanted. But then we see Sheriff Mike's father visiting the station with some food and telling Mike he doesn't want him to be alone because he knows what day it is. Okay, but. Can you tell us what day? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Fill us in here, pops. Right. He gives Mike a beer and food and criticizes him for never opening up to anyone and says he died six years ago. Can't run away from this forever. 
giving us the biggest hint that we've had thus far. But I thought there was something that first season that they mentioned Mike's wife had died. But I could be wrong. Maybe they just hinted at a death. Right, yes. They just just hinted at a death. And now we get at least a time frame on it. And Mike has not talked to anybody about it. So we don't know if it's a boyfriend or a partner or what. I kind of think it's a partner, to tell you the truth. I'm saying because I remember him coming from a different, like, city. Yeah, Washington. He was in D.C. for a while, I think. Big city. Unless it was somebody possibly under his care. Like, uh, if he was a detective and he was, like, trying to keep somebody safe. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot that it can go so many ways. And I'm just like, what is it? Tell me more. (laughs) Don't get to it. I know it's one episode, right? Come on, Sean. Quit being obnoxious. But we'll find out. I hope. Fingers crossed. Because I want more. Let's talk about some bullshit, shall we? (laughs) Not literally, thankfully. But Harry realizes he cannot fix this ship. So what does he do? He's like, this has to work. This last ditch attempt, I guess. But he's trying and we get a citywide power surge that affects everybody. Yes. (laughs) And uh, some people don't pay attention, though. No. Thompson's noticed something happening. Yeah, Darcy and Val over at the 59 notice something. And the Hawkins. Uh-huh, no, yeah. not so much. <laughs> because they got some weird stuff happening. Yeah, they're gone full kink. Yeah, it's like, what? Watching that, I was, yeah. I was cracking up. I'm like, yes, it was hilarious. <laughs> I think I had the, what? Look on my face a lot. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I can go on after that because I still have yeah. that. Like, it's in my head. It's Running like, it through, yeah. Lord. <laughs> but, of course, Harry's growing more and more frustrated because he can't fix his ship and he's stuck. And Asta convinces him that you have to fix it or do something, come up with a solution. So, Harry has no other options left. But he, I don't know, it was like he destroyed his ship or Basically, yeah. It. Yeah, I don't think he miniaturized it. I think he melted it all down. Right, because it was like all water, basically. And yeah. it turned into four spheres that live inside this like circular box. And Harry explains that it's a survival kick, so we can live long enough to kill everyone. It's like, whoop. Yeah. It's like, you don't mean everyone anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, well. The next morning, Harry talks about how much it sucks to relive his failures in his mind over and over and over. And over. And of course, this is while he's talking to Dan, and Dan has uh, just that meaningful chat with him about their identities before Harry takes off for his cabin again. <laughs> is he really, though? I mean, kind of, sort of, but I don't know how meaningful it was to him. I think Harry feels like most of the time when we're talking, it's just noise. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but Harry goes back to his place, finds Max there, and Max is super happy, and Harry's like, why are you here? Yes. <laughs> you saved my life. Like I didn't mean to. I love that. You love me like a father. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, no, don't. And I love the, <laughs> Harry's like, you know what? That's it. We're done. I am going to punish you. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? What is with the robot speak? But, <laughs> and this hurts me more than it hurts you as he <laughs> spanks Max. It's like, okay, this is getting weird. Please stop. Yes. <laughs> we already seen this happen a little while ago. Stop it. Yeah. 
But upon Max leaving, after Max is finally like, okay, this is weird, too. I gotta go. Exit yeah. stage left. It's clear that Harry's conversations with both Dan and Max have left them a bit shaken. Because why does he feel so much? This isn't normal. Yeah. And we get the flashback of him actually saving Max as the spaceship crashes down. Yeah, that's when it finally all kicked into place for me. It's like, oh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm assuming it was more, honestly, because I don't think he wanted to save Max. It was like that instinct, like when you brake really hard and you have somebody in the passenger seat, like you just put your arm up to hold, you know. Right, yeah. I think that's what it was more than anything, even though we know that Harry was a father. Yeah. So maybe it's more like father-child thing. Yeah. Parental instinct. Yeah, there we go. Let's talk about Asta and Darcy, which I thought was hilarious. Yes, this was such an awesome scene. (laughs) Because apparently Darcy has a tandem bike she brings out every so often. And Asta's like, no way, the beast is back. Must be spring. So they just go for a ride. And Asta mentions that Dr. Ethan hasn't been to work for two days. Like, you know, Dr. Ethan, right, Darcy? Yeah, the one you went to bed with? (laughs) And Darcy kind of spills that, I know about Jay, too. It's like, ugh, okay, so their secrets are out there. Well, most of them, anyway. Yes, not quite all of them, though. (laughs) And Asta feels a bit better and and a little guilty, though, about everything, because uh, the whole Harry's an alien part. Well, that's not exactly her secret, though, to tell, so... No, it really isn't. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you shouldn't feel guilty. Asta ends up going to visit Harry then, not too long after the whole tandem bike issue, and finds him face down in the lake. And she freaks out, thinking, like, he's dead, but, oh, he's not. No! (laughs) Because here's something new. He's got gills. What the hell? Yes! Well, if he's related to an octopus, it should make sense. (laughs) You know, Asa's like, I was worried you have a concussion and and you're just chilling, breathing underwater. You know, people can still see you. Yeah. yeah when I first saw the body, I thought it was the human Harry. And I was <sighs> looking for the missing foot and I said, nope, that's still got a foot there. So it's got to be alien Harry. <laughs> Harry just brushes her off anyway. It's like, whatever. I've lost my planet, my people. This is horrible. And Asa's like, you're on Earth. You don't have to be related to be family. I mean, you know, chosen family and all. And I think he's still like, yeah, no, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was not something Harry ever planned on, was not being able to get off Earth and go back home. No. I don't know if it's going to get better for him. I'm afraid we're going to have, like, that whole depression thing happen where <laughs> he gets really weird. Hopefully he won't slip back into Lenny Briscoe, but we never know what's going to happen. Right. Oh, my God, the Hawthorns. (laughs) So we have Max getting ready for bed, and he discovers that, well, he may not be aging, but he sure has got a lot of hair growing all of a sudden. No joke! (laughs) Well, that's a whole different puberty thing happening. Yes! I love that he screams, and then he tries to hurry up and cover it up because his parents come running in. I was like, good God, what is happening? Because Mom looks fine, but his dad comes in. What was he wearing? Was it cowboy hat? hat? Yep. <laughs> yeah, and and you don't notice anything on Kate till she turns around, right? She has a tail, or was it? Yes. I was like, <laughs> oh my god. I love it. He's like, never mind. I thought it was a rat, but it's just sock. I don't think I'd want to scream anyway because I don't want them coming back in my room. 
No. <laughs> you should have learned that from breakfast this, <laughs> that morning. Well, it got weird, weirder since breakfast, I guess. Oh, yeah. And then we get to see Darcy head over to Ethan's place. Be like, hey, you haven't been around for a while. What's up? And there's nothing there. or Very little left. Like, a couple things still in boxes. I love that she leaves the plate, though. That right. she's taking her breakfast on. And she's walking around. And thankfully, she stopped before she walks into the other room. Because David Logan is waiting for her. Or waiting there. Not even for her, necessarily. And has a gun. Right. Oh, my gosh. Not yeah, Darcy. I'm sure he thought it could very well have been the general and her number one killer. I forgot that he kind of took off on them. Yeah. Huh. This should be interesting then. Now I'm like, hmm, where's this going? We get to go back to the restaurant. Of course, we see Harry still missing his people, and he wants other aliens around him to remind him of his non-human origins. His solution is to kidnap the octopus named number 42. Because that was the placement on the restaurant menu. And I guess he's going to make him his roommate. I don't know. I kind of have a feeling he will. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because we see at the end we see him running off with the octopus. Run! Right, right <laughs> yeah. before this, though, we get number 42 dropping a bomb. Harry's people are on the way to complete the mission and destroy all life on Earth, including Asta. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> And I love that it's number 42 because I think, I don't remember if we talked about this before. In Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the answer to the ultimate question of the life, the universe, and everything is the number 42. Right. <laughs> which turns out it's brilliant by Douglas Adams, who I guess was like a computer programmer, because they just use that as a placeholder for whatever the answer is when they're working right. stuff out in these equations. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Dummy answer. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Run like the wind. Yeah, I'm thinking, how long can an octopus survive outside of water? Right. <laughs> I'm wondering, like, is he going to just run somewhere, throw him in the lake? Be like, meet me over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've got a cabin on the other side of the lake. I'll meet right. you there. <laughs> is the octopus going to get huge and be like this monster in the, the lake? <laughs> in the lake. <laughs> Oh my gosh. This was fun, though. I really oh, liked the yes. first episode. It, yes, I love this show. It's so much fun. Just Yeah, we thought um, Lower Decks was kind of a palate cleanser. This one, it rates right up there with it. it yeah, ooh. although when you throw in the, the weird Hawthorns, I'm not sure about that right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> Weirdness abounds. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Especially on the Hawthorns and their issue that's going on right now. <laughs> on each and every episode this season, our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. Eastern every Friday during the season. You can send your feedback via email or audio to contact us at fangirlzone.com. Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast. With good ratings and reviews, it helps other fans of the show find us. Because we're one of the few resident alien podcasts out there. Tell your friends, and we hope you're enjoying our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. You can check all those out over at www.fangirlzone.com. And you can also check out our contact page, because that's all the various ways to get a hold of us. Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, website. Well, you're on the website. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Everywhere we are is right there with the emails. You can send us everything. I want to know what you guys think. 
mostly because I think some of this is so stupidly funny. And it's like, I want more. And because yeah. it's Ellen Tudyk. Yes. <laughs> who I found out apparently is the bird in Inconso. He played the toucan. Yes. Like, what? <laughs> Did he even say anything? This is hilarious. He's got range, people. Yes. For this episode of Sci-Fi Talk. I'm Steve. You're like a true crime podcast. Go ahead, pod me. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And until next time. <laughs>